a lot of people when they see someone that's really successful they think i should do what they're doing but honestly anything can bring you success when you keep jumping from thing to thing that you think is gonna make you successful you're actually losing time that you could have actually been successful i think when people ask me like oh real estate you know doesn't make a lot of money xyz but you could run a janitor department in a store and be very successful and make a lot of money you see like now people with social media they're doing youtube and tiktok it makes them a lot of money but if you keep jumping from thing to thing that you think is going to make you a lot of money you're never going to actually make any money welcome back to unknown and talented my name is jalon abrams and i have a very 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 special guest today i usually say special guest but she's very very special because this is my sister She's a real estate agent, selling houses like crazy. Her name is Amara Abrams. How you doing today, Amara? I'm doing good. Thank you, Jalan. All right. So we're going to get started. Um, I know everything about you, but I want you to introduce yourself to the audience, what you do, whatever you want to tell them. Got it. Well, my name is Amaral Abrams. I'm a real estate agent. I'm a full-time real estate agent. I say that because it's a big difference. Um, so I'm a full-time real estate agent. I've been doing it for almost what two years mm-hmm. almost two years now um and i i really enjoy it i have kids i have two children i have a husband so full-time wife full-time real estate agent full-time mom so yeah that's me that's good that's good so you are a real estate agent this podcast is about entrepreneurs that's trying to grow their business so i want you to talk about house market like everybody right now, I, I feel like every time when people talk the market, it's never a good time to buy a house. Mm-hmm. They, they say the interest rates are too high. It's a seller's market. It's never a time to buy houses. So pretty much I just want you just to describe what the market looks like and tell people like, yo, it's time to buy a house. Well, you know, it's funny you say that, Jalan, because I think it's people always say it's not a time to buy. When I purchased my first house, was it six years ago? Mm-hmm. About six years ago, everyone thought the interest rates were high, the houses were overpriced, and I've gotten, we have about $200,000 worth of equity in our house. So if we didn't, if we listened to everybody else, we wouldn't have $200,000 in our house. So I think that you can't listen to everyone. I think that, well, everybody knows, a house, somewhere to live is a basic necessity of life. If you have to live somewhere, you might as well let it pay you. So I think that if you need somewhere to live, which everyone does, you should buy a house regardless of what you think the market is like, regardless of what you think the interest rates are like, because you need somewhere to live. I think it's more important when you sell than when you buy. If you buy when houses are, you know, not looking great like 2009 and those type of years, of course you're going to lose money. But people that didn't sell then, they got a bunch of money for their house when they sold. Or if they haven't sold, they still have a bunch of money and equity for their home. So... I think it's more about when you sell than when you buy, okay. personally. So you said something about buying. It's important to have a house. Mm-hmm. Right now, I'm in an apartment. A lot of people say it's the easy thing to just get an apartment. Is it a hard process to actually get a house? No, it's not hard to get a house at all, actually. And a lot of people think, like, I shouldn't get a house because I don't have the credit. I shouldn't get a house because I don't have the down payment. They have programs that you don't have to put down payment on your home. They have programs that you don't have to have great credit for your home. The only thing about it is those programs usually don't combine. <laughs> so it's either you got a credit problem or you got a money problem. So it's hard to get both, but if you have just one issue, you shouldn't have a problem. And then let's say if you need down payment, but your credit is not greatest, talk to a real estate agent. They can have you talk to a lender that will tell you what you need to do to make your credit go up. Mm-hmm. So try to work on a plan. Don't just say it's never gonna happen for me. 
But if you work on a plan, you may be closer than you think. You may be just a year away from buying a house. That's better than you thinking you can never buy one. Okay. So I just say, just talk to someone, start somewhere, work on a plan to get you where you need to be. Because when you look back on it, think about how quick 10 years time went by. I mean, I swear we were just, you know, wearing big pants and, you know, doing these dances yeah. and 10 years went by like that. So if you have to wait a year to get a house, if you have to wait two years to get a house, what is that in the grand scheme of things? Mm-hmm. That's the way I look at it. Okay. Okay. I got that. Okay. So what if, so you said contact a real estate agent. So mm-hmm. for me, for example... I don't know if I'm in a position to get a house yet. There might be people out here that are listening that are nowhere close to getting mm-hmm. uh, in a position to get a house. So if they contact you, like I was always scared to waste my time, waste their time. I was just like, mm-hmm. I don't want to talk to a real estate agent yet because like I'm scared to waste their time. What do you think about that? I don't think you should worry about wasting someone's time because it doesn't take long for someone to help you or give you the resources. If you talk to a real estate agent, you're not sure. They're going to get you in touch with a lender. Mm-hmm. The lender will be able to qualify you within a day, even sometimes within a phone call, because they'll let you know how much you make and what your credit score, this is what you got to do. So I would never be worried about wasting someone's time. I'd be more worried about, you know, trying to get somewhere for myself, trying to build something, because we're here to help. Real estate agents, people think everyone's in it for the money, but we're here to help because you'd be surprised how many days and how much you do for clients. At the end of the day, when they close, you're not thinking about the paycheck. You're thinking like, oh, thank God Chelsea got a house. <laughs> That's what you're thinking. Yeah. Because you get to know their family. You get to know their children. You get to know all about them. So you're not thinking, even when you show them like certain houses, you're thinking like, well, you told me your mama can't go up to Seth. You said she travels here a lot. Yeah. So you start thinking for them because you just want you know them to have the best. So you'll think at first that you're bothering someone, but you'll be surprised. Someone, they're just happy that you're reaching out so you can help them out. So okay, okay, It's That's- not even like that. That's actually pretty cool. So, like, you're, I was doing a little bit of research on buying houses, and mm-hmm. they say you want to make sure you're locked in with that real estate agent. So mm-hmm. Talk about the importance of that, because you were saying that somebody's looking for a house, they're looking for their mom, and they can't mm-hmm. go to steps. What's mm-hmm. the importance of them being locked in with you? I think it's important to lock in with a real estate agent because they're able to share a bunch of knowledge with you. If you're kind of searching around and going back and forth with a real estate agent, they're not able to give you all the information that you need. And then they're also not able to kind of walk you through the process. Because let's say you start with one agent, then you move on to another agent, you move on to another agent. The agent doesn't know what you did with the last agent. So it's like you're going to keep starting over. You're wasting time. You're wasting money. You're wasting resources for you and for the person so i think that it's so important to save time save your money save your energy go with one person and if you're like a year away call that person in a year they'll probably follow up with you in a year and have them help you because they know where you're at they know what you need they know where you've been and it's just going to save you so much more time okay i like that so we talked a lot about the other side i want to talk about your side Mm -hmm. you being a real estate agent and i was just watching you going from a nine to five to transition into be a real estate agent. So talk about that, because I feel like a lot of people want to escape that nine to five life, and they think entrepreneurship is a, the best thing for them. Talk about that transition from actually going from nine to five to your own business. Okay, so if you're looking for flexibility, stay in the nine to five. <laughs> stay in the nine to five, because I work all the time. Um, when I worked a nine to five, when you cut off, when you clock out, that's it, you're done. When you go on vacation, you're done. Um, recently I went to room with my husband and I was, I just had a house that went on, like on, went live. So it came to the market. When I tell you I was on the, the, the balcony trying to call people like, Hey, did your client want to see this house? Hey, we got an offer. I'm trying to worry. People are calling me and they're missing phone calls from me because I'm out the country. 
And if you had a nine to five, you probably wouldn't have to deal with that kind of stuff. So if you're looking for a bunch of flexibility in your schedule, real estate may not be for you. Maybe a part-time real estate agent, but if you're looking for full-time because you're dealing with people's largest financial asset, their largest financial instrument, you can't just turn it off. Like, you know, people have all their money. Sorry, I have an alarm for my son to go to bed. So I was in Aruba with my husband and I just had a property go live. So I had a listing go live on the MLS. I was getting phone calls from agents trying to see the house. We were getting offers left and right. I was making sure, and this is a funny story. So basically people were scheduling the house and we scheduled through this thing called Showtime. You cannot get on Showtime out the country. So I'm calling Showtime to figure out who was scheduling because I could not pull up the website. And then I called the um, the help desk and they were like, hey, are you in the country? And I was like, no. And they're like, yeah, it doesn't work out the country. So I had to keep calling them and they had to walk down and tell me the schedule. Then I had to let my client know the schedule because if they would have never known the schedule, they wouldn't know what time to leave their house. And I was doing this all while on vacation. So when I tell you you're looking for flexibility, a part-time real estate agent may be something you could do, but in terms of full-time, it'll be very difficult because you're dealing with people's largest financial instrument, their largest financial. So it's just, you can't just turn it off. You can't tell someone, someone can't say, I'm letting you sell my $400,000 house. I'm letting you sell my $600,000 house. I'm letting you sell my 800, even $100,000 house. And you say, oh, you can't call me after seven. I mean, that sounds ridiculous, Yeah. you know, or if you put an offer in for a client and you can't be reached, what if they got the, what if they got the house? What if they didn't get the house? So you can't really turn it off if you're a real estate agent. So if you're looking for that type of flexibility, it'll be different. Wow. No, I, I never thought about that. Um, so do you regret it? Cause me, I'm, I'm on the nine to five right now and I am mad every day. I'm just like, I'm tired of this and I do, I do. So what do you, do you regret that? I don't because I help so many people. Okay. And honestly, I get more value in helping people than anything. Mm-hmm. I, I think that it's just the helping the people, really. Yeah. And I know where I was when I bought my first home and the help I was able to get from my agent. And I really just want to help people with that because I never felt fulfilled at a job. And now I have about 15 people that I can drive by their house and see what I've done for them. Wow. When I had jobs, I never was able to really see what I've done. Mm -hmm. And I can actually see with my eye when I drive by what I've done for them. No, so that's amazing. You said 15 houses Mm -hmm. that you're driving by. So like, are you all, are you just based in the Charlotte area or the whole North Carolina? I'm North Carolina and South Carolina. Okay. So I've helped people in Lexington, I've helped people in Salisbury, Statesville. These are all areas in North Carolina. I've helped people in York. So I help people all the way to North Carolina and South Carolina. And then also if you're outside of those areas, I can always find someone that can help you. Mm, okay, no, that's amazing. I think that's kind of fire to be able to drive by and be like, yo, I sold that house, I sold that house. Mm. I just remember when the first time you were selling it, not the first time you were selling a house, but you were selling a house and it was the first time that you, your face was on that sign. I just remember that because I know when you first started, you're doing like open houses or you're helping people mm-hmm. like sell it. But then you saw your sign for the first time. What? Tell me about that more. Tell me about that experience. So it's funny you say that, Dwan. So there was a house, a for sale by owner on my block, like two houses down. And I was driving one day and I saw the for sale by owner sign on the mailbox. And I'm like, what are they selling? So I asked my dad because he stays with us here and there and to help me with the kids. 
And he was like, I don't know. So I stopped by their house and I'm like, hey, what's going on? What are y'all selling? And they're like, oh, we're selling our house. And then I was able to talk to them and tell them the benefits of a real estate agent. And I was able to list a house in my neighborhood within the first year of me doing real estate. Wow. So I was able to list a house right on the golf course, a few homes down from me in my neighborhood, just within a year of doing real estate. And that house was able to go under contract within the first, was it first three weeks? Wow. So is it like a time period? I don't know too much about real estate. Is it a time period before you're able to list your own stuff? He said within the first year you were able to do it. Well, I said the first year because a lot of real estate agents don't really do much business um, until they've been doing real estate for about six months. Mm -hmm. So I say within the first year because a lot of real estate agents are not going to be getting listings the first year. Mm -hmm. So that's why I say within the first year because that just shows that I was... I was getting it. Okay. I was getting it. <laughs> okay. No, that, that's really good. That's really good. Um, so I have a question real quick. So open houses, usually they have open houses to try to sell houses. And mm -hmm. I was used to doing open houses, like million dollar houses. So for open houses, do you still do those or are those for more like newer real estate agents? Mm, I wouldn't say they're for newer real estate agents. I think that if I have a listing, I would love to do the open house. My only issue is that if I'm doing a listing for someone, they have to find a house. Mm. So I don't have time to sit there and try to sell their house when I need to find them another home. So an open house is a great thing, you know, to get out there, but our market is so competitive. There are gonna be showings left and right, left and right. So if a house needs a little bit of extra loving, I would do an open house. But if it's like fresh to the market and we're getting a lot of interest, you really don't need an open house. And then also you don't wanna have an open house at certain price points. Cause you don't want like 30 people in somebody's house that could be a hazard that could be you know that's not great for the owner unless the house is empty mm -hmm. i wouldn't recommend an open house that you're going to have so many people in and out because that could be a very dangerous situation mm -hmm. so i think it just depends i would never say i'm too busy for an open house but you know i have to help people find houses and so i just don't have as much time as i did but if the house needs an open house i can do it or one of my colleagues can do it one of my teammates can do it okay so you, you are very busy and I know you said you do have, I know because I'm my brother, but you do have children. So what is that balance like of having children, but also being a real estate agent where your hours are, could be at midnight really if they, they really wanted to get this house sold? Yeah. Well, I mean, my hours are pretty funny. Actually, a couple of weekends ago, my husband was um, traveling for work. I actually had to bring my kids with me to a showing, to multiple showings. So, um, you know, I just, I just chop it up to being a mom. Um, that's why I say that my clients, even though, you know, they're not your family, they start feeling like your family because you see their kids, you see their, you know, it just feels like you know them. So that's why I don't feel like real estate is a money thing. I just feel like it's more like a people thing because I know their family like back in my hand. They know my family like a back in the hand. And this is not even a client that you work with for a long time. You get to know so much about them because you see them in different stages. And I just think that having having kids and having to do real estate, people understand. And I think someone would rather me have my kids and my family all in than them missing opportunities. Mm. So, you know, it's it's difficult, but. Yeah, now I, I like that because a lot of people will make excuses like, yo, I have a child, I can't do certain things. Mm -hmm. And I'm not, gonna, never mind. I was about to say something I wasn't supposed to. <laughs> but they, they have, you know, they have a child and they can't do certain things. So I just love how even bringing them to a showing because with my um nephew you actually had him in college and you went you know you had him and then you was able to still finish doing what you do and i think a lot mm -hmm. of times people will make those excuses so i like how you weren't yeah yeah i never make excuses you know when i was pregnant with my son i was going to nc state 
uh, and I was studying. <laughs> and um i just think that excuses my dad says excuses like belly buttons everyone has them and when it comes to my clients when it comes to my children i just try to be there 100 percent. and even if they have to cross paths that's you see me an entrepreneur and being a nine to five your life has to cross paths a lot mm-hmm. and even though when they have to cross paths i just make sure that i'm giving both people their attention and giving both you know what they need so Okay, I like that. You're definitely inspiring. But I'm your brother, so I know more about you than a regular interview mm-hmm. would know. But I just remember this day where, you know, you were calling me. You weren't very happy. And you mm-hmm. were like, I want to quit. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to go back to being a nine to five. So just talk about that feeling that day that you had mm-hmm. and then how you feel today by not quitting. Mm-hmm. I don't remember that day. I'll tell you that. I don't remember it. Because I call you so much about all my issues, yeah. so I don't know what day that was, but I know it. I know what happened because I say stuff like that all the time. Yeah. Um, but one thing I can say about these times whenever I felt like quitting with real estate, it's so easy to feel that way because sometimes you feel like people don't appreciate you, and you do so much. Like I told you, you're blending your time with your family. You're, and then at the end of the day, it's like I love my job. I don't do my job for the money. I don't have to to do my job. To be real, I don't really need to do my job, <laughs> but you know what I'm talking about. Yes, I, I do. don't need to be working, <laughs> but I do because I enjoy it. Um, and I think that sometimes when you feel unappreciated, it's not you can literally help someone buy a hundred thousand dollar house and you'll feel appreciated by that person. But if you do so much and you don't feel appreciated, that's in anything in a relationship, in a marriage, and a work environment. I think it'll make anybody feel like they're not doing enough. So I think really just like if I don't feel that appreciation from people that I'm giving so much to, like my clients, I make sure like I help them from getting a loan to getting a house. Like I help them all the way throughout. And if you can help someone for six months and then all of a sudden they're like, I'm renewing my lease, anybody will feel a smack in the face because you put so much time and energy in that person and you could have been helping someone else. But I think that recently I've learned you can't take that stuff personal because you don't know what that person was going through. They may be telling you they're renewing their lease, but they could be telling themselves that, like, I can't do this. And there's nothing you can tell someone to make them feel like they can do something like buy a house. I tell people to do it. I've done it numerous times. It's not a big deal. It's the bank's money. But (laughs) you can't, I can't talk you into doing something like that. That's something you have to be comfortable with. And I tell people that it's a scary, it's scary. It's scary. It's not, I mean, this is a big investment. But if you don't make it, you're going to keep throwing money away. So another year you renting, your rent keeps going up. You could have bought a house in two years. You've been up almost 21% and your house will be go up about 7% depending on if it's a new build or existing build in Charlotte. So you could have been up, but instead you're down. Mm-hmm. So I think that when it comes to wanting to quit or even any entrepreneur, if you feel like what you're doing is not working, if you feel like you need to change, that'll make you want to quit. But as of today, uh, of course, I have some time where I'm like, oh, gosh, am I, am I making sense? I'm working so hard. How many people out? They don't understand. But I think now I just don't take it personal. Mm-hmm. Now I'm here to help people. I don't care if you buy a house or not. I'm going to give you my 100%. And if you buy a house, you do. If you don't, you don't. But I'm going to give you my 100%. I'm going to give you what you need. So I know that you're comfortable because I know what I needed. When I bought my houses, my first house, my second house, you know, now that we're under contract, I'll give you what we need, what I think you'll need, and so on. So, mm-hmm. I, know. I love that. That was a great answer because me, 
nine to five. I'm talking to people, you know, every mm-hmm. single day. I'm on the phones too, so I'm talking to people mm-hmm. every single day. And when I have a phone call with an old, especially an older client, and they're like, "Oh, I appreciate you so much," and like you feel that, but yeah. then you get to the next client, and they're like, "Man, I'm sick and tired of blah blah blah," and I'm just like, "Yo." Mm-hmm. You know, so it's just I, I definitely can feel that. That's why I want to be an entrepreneur as well, because I love helping people. Yeah, and I lo- want to be able to see, you know, you're driving by, you're seeing 15 houses. That's an amazing feeling. I yeah. want to feel that. I don't want to just go and you know, because like when you work for somebody, it's a transaction and you keep it moving. So I, yeah. I definitely think that's kind of great. But what is the craziest story you've had as a real estate agent that you can share? Story. You said you know the story. What is I know this? the story. Remember, you, it, was a, it was another real estate agent. She was an old lady. Oh my <laughs> gosh! Yes. So, I was selling a house. I'm not going to say the area, but it was the outskirts of um, North, all sorts of Charlotte. And um, my clients were selling their house, and I was negotiating with a more seasoned real estate agent. Um, and her client wanted a refrigerator, and I said, "We're not giving them a free refrigerator," you know. And I just kept telling her that. And when it was time for me to like pass over the keys to her and her client, she was very nasty. Like when I tell you, Nancy, I don't know how you guys can't give us a refrigerator. Y'all doing so well. Look at your car. I don't know my car had to do with the refrigerator in these people's house. But hey, neither here nor there. She wasn't getting the refrigerator. Didn't matter what I was driving. So and eventually she she was just coming at me. Ah, and this girl said. Um, I don't know what I said to her, but she's talking about, you need to fix your butt. And I said, whoa, this is nasty. And this lady was, she was up there in age. I wasn't expecting it from her, but I thought that was a pretty crazy story because I just think that when you deal with anybody like independent contractors, we have been out of corporate world for so long. We don't have any rules. So mm. you think people are so like, <sighs> but when you haven't been dealing with certain rules, you we don't have HR. Mm. So, mm. <laughs> so it's like, you know, if you get, if someone, you get under someone's skin, it's like, who are you going to, I mean, you can tell someone's broker in charge or something that you were offended, but at the end of the day, it's not really much. We're independent contractors, so. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a pretty interesting story because that taught me, like, girl, no matter who you're dealing with, these people can be just as nasty as loving hip hop. Yeah. So I just, I just, like I said, I just don't take nothing personal. I laugh it off now, but at the time I was upset because I'm like, gosh, it's a refrigerator. Mm-hmm. But people get upset in negotiations that they feel like they lost negotiations to someone that's maybe a younger real estate agent, someone they think that is not shouldn't be able to negotiate like against them. They'll get upset. They'll get nasty. But my job is really just to do for my clients. Like, I don't care what people think. I don't care what she says, because in the day her clients paid for the refrigerator. She gave me my clients that day. She gave my clients the money for the refrigerator. That's why I was meeting her to get the money to exchange the keys for the money. And after she said that comment, I didn't give her the keys. I put it in the <laughs> I put it in the um the lawyer's office the next day because we were closing the next day. And I said, Oh no 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 no, because I'm like I can't trust you now. Yeah. You talking nasty like this? Who knows what you're gonna do to these people's house? Yeah. So I kept the keys, and she was upset. And I got the money, and I gave it to my client. And my client was laughing because she was like, Gosh, you could at least give us a check because they gave her cash. But then they put it in their bank account. It was good. So. Mm-hmm. The money, money was fine, but it just was funny to me. No, that's that's just hilarious because I just I just know you, mm-hmm. and I know like you don't play that. So how did you keep your composure though in that that situation? I think what made me keep my composure is me realizing I'm not used to this area. Okay, because this is outskirts of Charlotte. Mm. If this was in Charlotte, 
I don't even know what I would have said. But you got to think, when you're in outskirts, this is different rules. Yeah. I don't know who, she could have people, I didn't know what was going on. I was literally by myself. My clients weren't even there. Because oh, okay. my clients were moving closer to Charlotte. Mm-hmm. So I was literally an hour away from Charlotte. I don't know who, where this lady is from. I don't know who she knows. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. I have to take one way back home. It wasn't like a highway. It was like kind of like a local road. So I'm like, I have to take an hour back home. I'm not about to say anything. I'm not going to start nothing with this lady. So I just really kept my composure. I even remember saying, like, you're a beautiful person, but you're acting real nancy. Like, I literally said that yeah. because I'm like, I'm not going to put her on, get her up here. I'm like going to keep her as low as possible and just got the money. But I just tried my best to remember, like, you're not familiar with these area. You don't know this woman. You don't know her clients. Her clients weren't English speakers, but I didn't know if they were friends. Mm. You just never know who you're around. She goes out to protect yourself. So I just made sure that I wasn't going to tassel too much with anybody because I don't know them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So talk about that. I wasn't even going to talk about this, but talk about that. You are a woman and you're saying you're out here traveling, all that stuff. So mm-hmm. what do you do to, to protect yourself or be more cautious mm-hmm. when you're out traveling so much? Well, I think that it's important. Like when I meet with buyers, I meet with them in my office first. Okay. Um, I make sure they're like pre-qualified. I make sure they're serious. Um, only time I meet with people like out in the field at houses if I actually know them. But if I don't know you, the first time I'll meet with you is in my office. Because if someone is pre-qualified, someone knows them. You know, they know their social, they know their information. If you have someone pre-qualified, you had to give someone all that information. So more than likely, you're not going to get pre-qualified to be a creep. Mm -hmm. Because you gave someone all your information in order to get pre-qualified. So, and then also what I do is I make sure I'm always, you know, paying attention to what's going on. I also do carry around pepper spray as well just in case you never know I love it. and it's on my keys and when I like walk through the house with someone if I have a new listing I'll like open my pepper spray and I'll just keep it in my hand because you can't really tell that it's in your hand it yeah. just looks like you're holding your keys yeah and I'll just have it open just while I'm doing my showing and I just have it in my hand my listing appointment but I just try my best to really stay on top of things and make sure I'm paying attention and also if I'm like not sure about an area I'll let like my closing coordinator or my team lead or someone know like where I'm going. Mm-hmm. I'll even share the location with my husband sometimes, okay. depending on like the time of day. And that's usually what I do to just kind of stay safe. Okay, mm-hmm. I love it. I, I really like that. Um, I just want to move into something because I'm very, I admire your hustle. Mm-hmm. I know that you're, you're in a hustle. You can go after anything, even like doing the test for the real estate agents. Mm-hmm. You were... You failed the first time, and then you said, you know what? I really want to do this, and you went again and did it the second time. Mm. So t- talk about where does that hustle come from of, like, yo, I'm not going to take no for an answer. Mm, I'm not sure, actually. Mm-hmm. Now that I think of it, um, I've always been a hustler. In high school, I had, like, four different jobs, and I would go from one job to the next job in the mall. Like, one day, I just was like, I'm going to get a job. So I took my resumes. Mind you, I don't know what was on my resumes to even get a job because – what would I have on my resume? I never had it. Oh, you know what I did? I put my clubs on there because I was in like the Raleigh Youth Council. I was the president of the FBLA, Future Business Leaders of America. So I put my clubs on my resume, made a resume, and I went to all these stores in the mall and ended up getting a, st- a job at Perfumania that was right here, Victoria's Secret right here, all the right there. And I worked all three of those jobs during the holiday season. And I was kept on at Perfumania and Victoria's Secret. I didn't get kept on the Aldo because I did not want to work there. Getting them shoes was tiring. Yeah. So, um, and I think it just probably just always working, always doing stuff. And that kind of carried on into my school life. That carried on into my current life now. Just really always wanted to get things done and not want to stay stagnant. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Yes, Animal's a, a hustler. She actually hustled me back in the day. I'm going to tell this story. You probably don't even know, know what I'm talking about. But basically, you know, she's my sister. So we are, I'm sleeping. It is um, Black Friday. And, you know, I'm sleeping. I'm knocked out, right? So she's waking me up. She says, hey, can we go up Black Friday shopping? Absolutely not. You know, absolutely not. She said, oh, I want to buy my sister, our sister, uh, whatever. I don't even know what it was. I was like, I'm a sucker for that. You know, I got up. I went, drove her there, stayed in the parking lot for like an hour because, you know, Black Friday's crazy. She came back. Oh, guess what? I got a cell phone. And that's what I deal with as a, as a, as a brother. So she's, she's definitely been that hustle mentality to get what she wants. Wow. You got to let it go. <laughs> I'm never going to let that go. I'm never going to let that go. But um, you said you don't really remember a lot of things, but I do remember... When you also, um, your decision to move to Charlotte, you know, we lived in Raleigh, you made a decision to move to Charlotte. And when you were there, you worked extremely hard to be able to get to NC State. You know, your grades weren't great coming out of high school, but then when you were in Charlotte, you worked your tail off. You had a job selling cupcakes. She was out here selling cupcakes on the, um, the campus. And then you was able to get to NC State. So you also, you always had that hustle in you. But you know what I'm saying? Like now it's it's just showing which which I definitely yeah. love. Yeah, that was that was difficult, you know, but I did what I had to do and the thing about it I think it's just not making excuses. I think excuses is just a horrible thing. Even when I did the real estate exam when you were brought it up and I didn't pass the first time. The reason why I didn't pass the first time is because I didn't think it was that serious. Mm-hmm. I thought it was gonna be easy mm-hmm. and it wasn't. Because you think a five week course from just graduating, I went to NC State and I got like a pretty good GPA. I don't remember what it was years ago, but I mean, I went through school decent. So I'm like, why would a five week course like stop me up? Mm-hmm. That should be easy. Yeah. So I didn't really take it that serious. And I was like, I probably could take it more serious. So that's why I took it again. And I stayed up and I was in the office. My um, house has an office downstairs and the office at one o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. two o'clock because having kids, I couldn't study during the day because my kids need me during the day. So at night, that's the only time that I had. I was buying Red Bull, drinking Red Bulls downstairs. My husband's upstairs sleeping. You know what I'm talking about, Jalan. Yeah, I was in, like studying all hours of the night to the point where my family, like you have tests or anyone has tests. I'm like, why don't you have to study at like crack of dawn at three o'clock? Because I don't see why not. You're not doing nothing else. Mm-hmm. You don't have to sleep. You get a few hours, you'll be fine. Yeah. That's time that you're like wasting because you could be doing something with that time. So those are the times that I was studying. I was getting the best studying time done because there was nobody up mm-hmm. and I was able to retain so much information. So I think that just like if I would have said, oh, I can't do this because I got kids, I don't have time to study. I wouldn't be a real estate agent now. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I'd probably be a stay at home mom and be depressed because <laughs> I couldn't do them jobs. Yeah, <laughs> You know me, Lord. Yeah. I couldn't do them jobs. So, mm-hmm. so yes, I do love your hustle. Um, but how do you plan on passing that hustle to your kids? Because mm-hmm. I know this day and age, everybody's on their phone, everybody's mm-hmm. lazy, people don't go outside anymore. What is your plan, even if, if you're doing it already, to pass that hustle to your kids? That's a really good question. I think that's a really good question because with my kids, <sighs> kids are expensive. And I feel like my kids are very expensive between uh, swimming. My son's been in swimming for the last five years. <laughs> Um, 36. <laughs> yeah, he's been in swimming for a long time. Um, swimming, daycare, uh, soccer. Uh, what else does he do? 
uh, basketball. Basketball. Like, and then my daughter. It's like they do so much stuff to the point where this summer, I'm not even tell you how much it costs per week for my kids' activities because it just probably make me people uncomfortable. But it's more than it's more than five hundred dollars a week. That's how much it's costing for me to do my kids' activities and keep up with everything they have going on. So it's really hard for me to think about what I can do to make that hustle in them because I do so much for them. Mm -hmm. And me and their dad sacrifice a lot to make sure they have what they need, to make sure their neighborhoods they need to be in, to make sure they're the schools they want to be in. But it's definitely something we have to make sure we pay attention to because you'll be surprised. Like You talk to your kids and you're like, why are they talking like this? They seem so like entitled, but you don't know what to make them not entitled. Mm -hmm. So it's, I, I really don't have an answer for you yet, Lon, because okay. I just can't think of um, a way to pass that hustle to them yet. I guess I try to get them to clean their playroom. Hey, get them. And an example as well. They're watching you do it. They see everything. So it's like, I guess, yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. But in terms of, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Have them clean up, be like, hey, clean up, do this, do that. You don't get it. But you're doing, I think, I think what you're doing right now is definitely a, a great thing mm -hmm. um, with the real estate. I just want one, one last question before we end. Um, you said you have multiple, multiple homes. So talk about, you talked about the importance of having a house for yourself, but what's the importance of getting uh, a second home for like, um, what word am I looking for? Income. Passive yeah, income. Passive income. Yeah, there you go. Passive income. Mm -hmm. Well, I think it's important to have a house coming in for passive income because right now a second house may look like kind of a a burden to people because you're not going to be making that much passive income. But I think that it's important not for you to see things as right now, like our past, our houses that, you know, the house we rent out, it's not bringing us a bunch of money, but we're not looking into right now because right now we don't need a bunch of passive income because we're still really young. Mm -hmm. But let's say, you know, add 30 years to it. We're going to be looking for passive income. <laughs> so I think it's important while you're young to make yourself uncomfortable and try to get as many properties as you can, try to find as many ways to make passive income, even if it's $100, $200 there, because when you actually need the income, it'll be there. Opposed to you depending on like a 401k or a pension just solely, we'll have that house if we end up you know, keeping that one or maybe selling it, getting something else or whatever. We're going to have that there because we worked on it now. You don't want to start working on trying to get passive income when you turn 65 and now you're like, maybe I should get an investment property. It's too late. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't use all your money you're getting from your pension and your 401k to get an investment property. But when you're making money and you've got to think, like right now, I'm not even 30. So I got a, a bunch of years ahead of me. So I can, you know, sacrifice right now because I'll be good. You know, I have another what, maybe 40 years of working in me probably before I retire. So it's just like, I can deal with, you know, having to really get it together, having to maybe not as much this month as next month, but it's all about like the future because when you're retired, you have the retirement years, you don't want to not have what you need. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really, when it, I think a passive income, it's great if you have a property that's bringing you a bunch of money a month, but that's really not that realistic. But even if it's bringing a few fun, $100 a month, that money is going to be a lot when you need it. Mm -hmm, so that's mm -hmm. the way I look at it. I love it. I love it. And also, I just totally forgot you actually were Airbnb in that house at first. And talk, let's talk about that. I, I kind of want to end the conversation, but like I'm remembering so many things. Because everybody thinks it's like, oh, buy this house, turn into Airbnb. And they feel like it's so easy. Talk about what you had to go through to so Airbnb So basically, house. I had a baby. We were Airbnb in the house. And I had a, we had Airbnb house the whole first year because the house isn't by the football field. We're in Charlotte, so it's by the football stadium. 
So we were Airbnb in the house. And at that time, like we didn't have, we just bought the house. So we didn't have any extra money for cleaners or management companies or anything like that. So I was the cleaning lady. So I bought, I brought my daughter's park and play, which is a playpen in that house, put it up. I would go there, clean the house. And then at that time we didn't have a washer and dryer in the house. Cause we just bought the house. And you know, houses don't come with washer and dryers often they don't. So I had to go to the house, clean up. I would take the, the dirty um, blankets and towels and all that. And I would buy just white so I could put bleach in it. So we would just have white sheets, towels, all that. So I washed the clothes. I put a bunch of bleach in it, you know, laundry detergent. So it could be real clean, real hotel like, you know? Yeah. And so I put it in the laundry room. It was right laundry mat. It was right there, maybe like five minutes from the house. I put the money in, let it go. Go back to the house, clean up the house. Go back to the laundry mat, put it in the dryer. Come back to the house, make the beds. So I was spending a lease and the houses were booked every weekend. The house was booked because people want to go to football games. So let's say my Monday, I spent the whole Monday at that house. Then I had to get back home because my husband was traveling a lot at that time. I had to get back home and pick up my son. Mm -hmm. So I would go out there maybe around people checked out because people would stay Sunday. So people would check out like around one o'clock. I would go right after they check out, go to the house, clean the house up do the laundry, get the bed ready, do everything I needed to do for the bed because then someone was coming to get on Thursday. So I had to make sure the house looked perfect for Thursday. And then sometimes on Thursday before they checked in, I just went over there to make sure the windows were open. And my Airbnb, it was 30 minutes from my house. So it's like, I'm getting it done. And we, we actually became super hosts. Thanks hey. to, thanks to me. <laughs> but cause we were on top of it and people would come over the house and they would need certain things. And I would have to go help them because you want to make sure you got those good reviews. Mm. So people were like, oh, we don't have a cutting board. <laughs> <laughs> this happened, right? Remember, Lana? This happened. I'm going in my car. You can't tell them I'm you're 30 minutes away because that's a basic necessity that people, you can't say go get your own cutting Actually, board. Actually, no, it's not a cutting board. Yeah, but, then they, but if, they leave the, if they leave that review that they don't have a cutting board. That's not a basic. I know, but then you lose that review and then you get two stars because you told them to get their own cutting board. You got to think I was treating my um, people that say to my Airbnb like I would want to be treated. And people actually really liked it. Like they would leave reviews. And it's funny because my husband tried an Airbnb when he was in New York. We didn't get no reviews. I mean, it wasn't going up and beyond. <laughs> we had we were begging for reviews when he was doing the Airbnb because he was not. But with me, I was making sure like I would contact the people. Hey, do you need anything? Hey, you know, I was really on top of it. Mm -hmm. And I think that if you have an okay stay at Airbnb, you're not leaving a review. You have to have a stellar stay up but beyond amazing state to actually leave a review because if it's just okay you're not leaving a review you only leave a review when it's really bad or really good mm -hmm. that's the only time you leave reviews you're right i don't leave a review well i haven't been there in a minute no. i know but if something is good you just expect it you don't think to say oh it was good sure you got to say like oh you got to have a story to tell for it to leave a review. review yeah you did that yeah so i made sure i had a story and that's how i became a super host mm. that's what's up as I said, well, Emerald is extremely busy. I don't want to keep her too long. She actually was late to the interview because she was working. You know what I'm saying? Like, she's, you know, you're doing your thing. So I'm not going to, I had to put that in there. But um, I appreciate you coming on. Mm -hmm. I love you so much. Your hustle. You don't got to touch me. I'll just touch you. I love, <laughs> I, lo I love your hustle so much. Um, you have any last thing to say to the audience? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just think that, um, a lot of people, when they see someone that's really successful, they think I should do what they're doing. But honestly, anything can bring you success. 
I think that people should remember that because I think that when you keep jumping from thing to thing that you think is going to make you successful, you're actually losing time that you could have actually been successful. Uh, so I just think that's important because I think when people ask me like, oh, we're really say, you know, does it make a lot of money X, Y, Z, but you could run a janitor department in a store and be very successful and make a lot of money. You could be anything you do can make you a lot of money. You see like now people with social media, they're doing YouTube and TikTok, it makes them a lot of money. But if you keep jumping from thing to thing that you think is going to make you a lot of money, you're never going to actually make any money. Mm. So. No, I was deep. I was deep. I even think about, you talked about Airbnb. Somebody could clean Airbnbs and they can make a they lot of money. They can make a lot of money. So yeah, anything that you do can make you a lot of money if you actually stick to it and you actually put like attention in it and you're not going from one fad to the next fad to the next fad. So mm-hmm. I think that if you want to be successful, just do something you're good at. Do it really well, even though that sounds cliche. Do really well and you're going to make a lot of money because everything has a lot of money in it. Mm, I love it. I love it. So, somebody looking for a house, how do they contact you? All right. Awesome. Well, you can always um, give me a call. My number is 919-914-1308. And then also you can always email me as well. My email address is amorel at soulbyzan.com. So, it's A-M-O-R-E-L at sold, S-O-L-D, by Zan.com. And then also... I can have Lon put the link down from the website if you yeah. need anything, but I'm really easy to get a hold of. And if you don't get me via phone, just shoot me a text because those spammers be going. So, <laughs> so, so shoot me a text. Say, hey, I saw you in a podcast. I would love to talk to you. And like I said, even if you're not looking for somewhere in North Carolina or South Carolina, I can always get you in touch with someone that's in your area. If you're, you don't know anyone in your area that can help you. So I can always kind of be that middle person for you there. Perfect. Perfect. Thanks again to Amrel for coming on to the show. My name is Jalon Abrams. Amrel Abrams. Unknown and talented. We'll see you next week. See ya.